In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about getting along with one another. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with the University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Saturday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I am doing great, and you and I are riffing today. <laughs> what that means, I think what what <laughs> what Josh means is uh, we haven't had an episode for a little while. Welcome back, Kenny. Fault. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. This time I'm not coming back from the Philippines, but it's been a while. It, it, it's it, I've been very busy. Uh, and, and Josh has been busy as well. So, I mean, this is just a busy uh, time of life. I'm a, for us. I'm a preacher. Everybody knows it's one and a half <laughs> days a week. It's, you're, you're the one with the scheduling issues, man. Uh, well, I do have some scheduling issues, but those, those are getting sorted out one at a time. I, there are a couple things we could talk about. Number one, let's go ahead and talk about what happened this last Sunday. Yeah, this last Sunday, a great day for university. We were able to appoint uh, four new shepherds, and mm-hmm. uh, that was a process. You know, we it you know they they take a little while from the time in which we start talking about it to you know all the all the members give their input as they should. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because these are these are men that the congregation chooses as they believe they are fit and have the character necessary to to look after their souls. So that's mm-hmm. a very important thing that we that we go through. Um, so from that point to, to, you know, determining who it is the congregation feels comfortable with to then letting those men have an opportunity to, to talk with the congregation. And if there are any concerns to come up to, to the point where you, you appoint them, it takes, it takes a couple of months, but it went smoothly. And uh, I think Sunday was a, a great day and I'm really looking forward to, um, uh, working, uh, with these guys and and being a member of the congregation under their leadership, yeah. I, the only one that I know is 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 Nick. I do not know Mike Benson Senior at all. Um, I don't know uh, I don't know Tim uh, really at all either. Um, and I do know Buddy, um, but I, I, he sit, <laughs> I, I make the joke that I, I, I worship at University South and he worships at <laughs> University North because he sits on the opposite side of the building. Um, but but that said, I I know that Buddy's a good guy, I, I, and I, I I trust that the other two are good guys. I, I can vouch for Nick. I've known Nick for thirty years. And, oh, I didn't know y'all went back that far. Oh my, Nick Nick was in Bowling Green for years, and yes. I was I I was at Bowling Green for oh that, that's I went to Florida College from Bowling Green, and then went right, went right back to, to Bowling Green from Florida College. So I've known Nick for a long long time. Okay. And, and he's a number one. He's a character, but number two, he's a good guy. So he I, is, and but to, you know, to that point, and I think that's certainly where a lot of our members are is that they know maybe one or two of these guys, and may only even know one or two of the the the, the shepherds who had been serving before these guys. Yeah. Uh, but going back to some some things that we talked about early on, the the model is not necessarily all the shepherds know all the flock. No, you you need a group of shepherds who can oversee the entire flock, but that doesn't mean that every shepherd is personally overseeing all the flock. So Mm -hmm. the fact that you have, you know, one or two that you know, and that you can go to and that are, that are looking after you. I mean, that's perfectly fine when you got a congregation our size. um, Yeah. You you just want, you want to have people that are looking out for you. Yeah. 
That's exactly right. The other thing that's 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 been going on, and we haven't really discussed this at all. Um, one it, once it was it was a, a conflict with me. Once it was a conflict with you, and then the third one we just did, which is a mini series. Which you will never agree that this was a mini series of any kind, but this was <laughs> what? Yeah, you were talking about basically the idea of conflict within congregations, and I think that's a, that's a really important idea. If you were to summarize up what what, what the, these three lessons have been about, what were what, what were they about? Well, Kenny and I have been having problems, and <laughs> I just I just kind of took it public. No, uh, so. The reason why I did it was because when the, I tied this to the the elder process originally. So the first mm-hmm. lesson was about how do you approach someone when you believe that they've done something wrong? Mm-hmm. And we tied that to the elder process because when when the elders uh, gave the the name of the four men who were who were going to be considered to serve as shepherd of course, that then brings about what can be a very uncomfortable process of, okay, if you have a concern with these men, then you need to go and you need to talk to them. And so again, that that's, that's something that we don't necessarily like doing. It's not something that our culture necessarily encourages. Um, but it's a responsibility, according to Matthew 18 and verse 15, each one of us has toward each other, that if I see my brother in sin, then I have a responsibility to go and to point out the error. So that was the first lesson. How how do we do that? And a lot of that mm-hmm. has to do with how we think of ourselves uh, and not being uh, you know puffed up with pride, understanding that we have our own shortcomings and that there are other times where people need to come to us. The second lesson was, okay, well, what if the tables are turned and I'm the one receiving the the, uh, the the concern. Someone's coming to me and saying, you've done something or said something that I took in this way or I thought was wrong. How do I receive that? So then there's a productive you know uh, conversation and, and changes that I can make. And then the third lesson was, well, what if it's not a sin matter at all? Mm-hmm. What if it's just a matter of opinion? Uh, and we use Paul and Barnabas and their differing opinions over the work of John Mark. How do brethren move forward in those kinds of circumstances where there's not a clear right and wrong? It's just, we don't agree. How do we move forward? Yeah. And one of the things that I'm sure you've seen this, and if you haven't, then I have, where where there are stalemates of silence that happen across congregations, where there are people who just agree to disagree, but part of that disagreement includes we're just not going to talk to one another, that this is not going to be a situation where we basically, uh, for all intents and purposes, we isolate ourselves away from one another. Is that a good thing to do? Well, I'm going to say absolutely no, and for two reasons. One, it's not the scriptural thing, mm-hmm. because again, the scripture encourages us, go and talk to your brother. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I say it's absolutely the wrong thing to do from personal experience. And Kenny, I don't know if you've had the same, but I, I I've done that, and it, I don't, yeah. I don't, uh, I'm not happy about it. I don't, you know, want other people to do it. But I've I've been in those circumstances where I just was at odds with a brother. We didn't talk, and guess what? When we finally talked, things got better. And you know, God knows what He's doing here. So again, when we 
we we think about we demonize the other person we we conclude in our own minds well that person doesn't want to hear about this that person's not going to change we're just not going to we're not going to get along but when you go against that and you actually talk and you actually find out that person's perspective and you find out why it is they view you know, the world, the way they view it or why they handle the situation, why they handled it. There may still be an issue where, okay, there was a wrong committed, but that doesn't get addressed until we actually talk. And so I, 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 I wholeheartedly hope and pray that moving forward, we are a congregation of people that talk to each other because that is a key to unity. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of John Gottman? And the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, I have heard of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I have not heard of John Gottman. Is he in Revelation too? Because I mean, <laughs> I know the other guys are in Revelation. There's a researcher. His name is John Gottman, and one of the things that he does is he 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 studies interpersonal relationships, specifically marriage relationships. And he came up with something that he calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And he said, when you are trained to see these four things you can, with over 90% accuracy, guess who is going to get divorced within, within the next few years. And, and the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are, are, are these. It's criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and then stone, stonewalling. It's those four things that happen in relationships that, that are failing. And it's not like you can't – so, for example, you, you talk about – the one that, that he – the one that I remember him – talking about is, is really kind of the the uh, uh, the one that is the, the the most deadly is what he calls stonewalling and stonewalling is 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 the one that that uh, it's usually a, a response to contempt but it's 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 a it's a withdrawing from it's just you know what you do your thing I'm gonna do mine thing and really what happens is once in a romantic relationship th- th- that stonewalling takes place there is really not much of a relationship left anymore and so one of the things he talks about there is, is, is once you've gotten to that point, that, that's usually a very dangerous place to be. This sounds like a really good series of lessons. I may have to, <laughs> I may have to check this book out. He's a researcher, John Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N. Does he write like a researcher? Uh, yes, he does write uh, like a okay, researcher. Okay, I'm just going to let you give me the cliff notes then. But his research is actually very approachable and it's been covered a lot. And again, the, the, the thing, once you understand – and you have to be trained on how to recognize the, the nonverbal cues of, of these four horsemen. But once you do, the statistics kind of bear them out that these are people that usually get divorced. And you don't have to talk about divorce. I mean, in, in a congregation, I'd say exactly the same thing happens where, where it's impossible to, to be in any relationship where there is no criticism. It's how you respond to the criticism. And and how do you respond to criticism? And that's that that's an important thing. And it sounds like something that you're kind of alluding to there, Josh. Well, uh, I I think I think that is definitely a part of it. And again, we don't want to be a critical people. Uh, so I think that's one of the things we have to recognize. It, when there's wrong, you can come off as just being critical. That's that's mm-hmm. not what we're trying to do. If there's if there's a wrong committed, a sin committed, sure. This is a time for compassion. Mm-hmm. This is a time to recognize here's a sheep that's straying. Jesus, who came to bring all the sheep back to God, is asking us, take a part in this. Mm-hmm. The other matters, 
And again, this is where criticism comes in, you know, unfortunately, so many times. If there's matters that are not right and wrong, then sometimes you just have to own the fact that not everybody's going to see the way that I see things. And you have to be able to coexist. Now, I know that gets into tricky matters because we don't want to treat the scriptures like everything's a matter of opinion. I don't believe that. But there are certainly matters in which our understanding may not be full and complete. And so there is room there for a variety of understandings. Mm -hmm. Again, that's different from, okay, here's clear-cut sin, here's clear-cut error, we need to make some changes. So what we want to get away is from is being critical, just, you know, criticizing what somebody does and, and you know, their viewpoint. Again, if there's sin, let's yeah. deal with it. Right. If it's a matter of judgment and opinion, then we can talk and I can try to persuade. I can I can try to persuade to say, hey, I think this is the better way. But ultimately, I, you know, I don't I don't have to make everybody think about the same the things that, the way that I do. That's why I think you and I have both we've we've gone to Romans fourteen and fifteen so many times in the last few years <laughs> about this concept of just being able to accept each other and not judging each other's opinions. What do you think it means to be in unity then? Because the the thing about it is, I, we would both agree that unity doesn't mean we both think the same th- same way. It also doesn't necessarily always mean that we pursue things th- the same thing the same way. Uh, again, you talked about you talked about Barnabas and, and Paul, and and basically, I would argue that they are both pursuing the same thing, but 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 they're they're taking two different tactics. Yeah, uh, and and. I think, from my own perspective, and I think you 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 got this exactly right. I think Paul was focused on on a mission, and 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 Barnabas was focused on a person, and and I don't think there's a wrong answer there. I think both of those are legitimate ways to approach exactly the same thing, which is uh, promoting the the kingdom of God. And uh, I, I I I guess what I'm asking here is, what does it mean that we are united or in unity? Yeah. The the passage we go to the most for, for a matter of unity is, you know, Ephesians 4. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's where we have these various ones. There's one body, there's one spirit, there's one Lord, there's one faith. Okay. So we're seeking to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. But even that statement, in the bond of peace, that says there are challenges. There are different outlooks. There are different backgrounds. We are united in the fact that we are in Christ and he is making of us what we could not be on our own. And he is making us complete in him. But even go further in the passage and you start reading about how these various um, uh, offices, if you will, or gifts that Christ gave, whether it be apostles or prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Well. You think of other passages where Paul talks about that idea in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, and it's the different parts of the body. It's the hand and the foot and not being uh, you know, critical or not being judgmental of other parts of the body that don't serve the same function. So even in this picture of unity, there is the acknowledgement of different talents, different abilities. So. God's not looking for cookie cutter Christians. He's looking for people of diversity 
of different backgrounds, of different abilities, but all with one goal, all with the goal of serving Christ, serving each other, and helping his body become what it should be. So I think that's what we've got to you know just keep in mind is the goal of our unity is not that we're all the same. Mm-hmm. It's that we're all growing in Christ. Uh, I teach material at the grad level that, that uses something called the ghost model that stands for goals, objectives, strategies, and tactics. And, and goal is a goal is something is the largest an objective is, is a specific part of a goal. A strategy is how you're going a goals and objectives are the what and strategies and tactics are the how. And really when it comes to it, we're all trying to serve God. That's the goal. But the objectives and how we do that can be very different, and that's fine. Some of us are going to be very interested in reaching out, in outreach, and some of us are going to be very interested in inreach. In other words, how do we grow the people that are already in our doors? And you're welcome to disagree with this if you do, but I don't think you do. Both of those are legitimate, legitimate objectives to have because I think both of those objectives uh, basically help us with the goal of, of uh, furthering the kingdom of God. And then how you do that, that's your strategies and that's your tactics. And how those things take place, there are a lot of different ways to build up the body within, within the church and a lot of, a lot of different ways to, to proselytize, to get people into the church. And those are strategies and tactics, and there are a lot of different ways that work. You see what I'm saying there? I do. I do. I mean, I just use the example of, of JP and myself. You know, mm-hmm. here we are. We're two quote unquote evangelists. But I have a full understanding that one, he has the the ability, the talent, the the natural, I hate to say charisma, but he's got a charisma to him. Yeah. That makes him extremely effective in just meeting people for the first time and engaging people. I'm more of a slow burn. I mean, <laughs> you, <laughs> you got to get to know me a little while and I'm going to have to get to know you for a little while. So I, I fully understand that while I have opportunities in evangelism and I want to take advantage of those opportunities, my natural talents lend themselves more toward how can I edify and build up people over time? And that's what I've kind of spent more of my time on. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not going to try to be like JP and I don't think he needs to try to be like me. And so you take that and you apply it to everybody in the church. Mm-hmm. We're, we're working toward the same goal, but we're utilizing what God gives us, you know, to, to his glory ultimately. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, I'll tell you what, is there anything else that we need to cover in this catch-up session? Uh, we haven't talked about Alabama football at all. It's, <laughs> no, no. Because I'm such no, a football No, no, I don't think anybody wants to to hear about that. No, I think we're good. I'm <laughs> you know, we're we're in the we're we're working toward plans for for next year and and hoping for for good things there and uh certainly you and I can I know you and I would also like to to not only use this time as, you know, ways of talking about sermons, but to talk about other topics as well. And I certainly want to, I want to do that as well. 
Yes, and we have talked about doing this, and we have not yet done it, which is bring back some of the people that we support. Uh, I have talked. I have talked to Kevin, uh, who's is it Cortez that he's done it or what, what is yeah, it? Yeah, Cortez. Yeah, yeah, uh, and just it was a, a series of bad timing, uh, including the unfortunate passing of his mother. So I mean, th- this was just not good timing for him. But he is somebody that that we're planning to talk to. Love to talk to Patrick again. Love to talk to Luther again, especially since we've kind of become more invested in Luther's in Luther's ministry over in South Carolina. And I would love to talk. And I just love talking to Luther. So yeah. I definitely want to do that again. So we do have those kind of plans. You have any idea, idea what you're going to be talking about this next time? Uh, I, I do, but I'm not going to specify it right now because uh, <laughs> I'm also giving myself a little bit of wiggle, wiggle sure. room in case I go another direction. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I think we will have something to talk about, though, for next time, won't we? I believe so. All right. I'll talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we referenced in this episode is in the show notes. We have all our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.